What is up, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the Destroying Depression podcast. As always, I am your host, Jake Danielson. We are back with another episode of the Trials to Triumph version of our podcast, where we have amazing people tell their stories of trials and how they've turned it into triumphs. Today, I am here with my good friend and former boss, <laughs> the executive director of the South Dakota After School Network, Billy. I don't even know how to say your, I don't want to butcher your last name. I'm pretty sure I know how to say it, but. Moeni. Moeni. Okay. That's what I was going to say, but I, I always feel awful when people say last names and it's so butchered. <laughs> no, but, it's fine. Yeah. No, Thanks so much for hopping on today. I yeah. appreciate you taking some time. Um, to start off, you are now the South Dakota After School Network Executive Director, but obviously you were not always in that position. Can you kind of take us through, you know, your early career and how, what kind of led you to becoming the Executive Director at the South Dakota After School Network? Sure. Uh, my my forte or my my journey began in the after school world, like back when I was a sophomore in college. So. I was lucky enough to get a work study and I went to the work study office at what the time was Southwest Missouri State University. Uh, and they were like, well, you can get a job in the library or you can get a job. Da, da, da. And I was like, those are horrible. Like none of that sounds like something I want to do. <laughs> and I saw a job opportunity for the Boys and Girls Club of Springfield. So I could go work there for like 10 hours a week uh, off campus and do something fun, right? Like, I mean, as a, I guess I was 19 at the time, like yeah. as a 19 year old, like, I mean, that was a perfect job. I get to go get paid to play. I mean, yeah. the kind of where it was. And, uh, I started out in their games room, which is like an area that had like pool tables and air hockey. Um, and I quickly learned, like, let's just clarify, we don't do things like that now, boys and girls. Yeah school programs but i felt like i had probably like you know 40 kids 45 kids to yeah. so i'm like <laughs> pacing around just trying to like uh organize the chaos that was in the room but then you know like i worked there for um oh gosh like six seven years oh wow yeah and just kind of transitioned right with yeah. the director i became an education director, I became the unit director of one of their units on the west side, uh, back in Missouri. And and I grew up in Missouri. So like that's kind of uh just where life was. I yeah leave the state, honestly, until I graduated high school. Where yeah. that's just not really something you do for a small time. But that's that's where my love for after school time, right? I was like, wow. I mean, I don't know that there could ever be like a huge after school program in a farm town yeah where, where i grew up but i certainly didn't get that opportunity right like our after school was typically like a hayfield or, or something of that nature right yeah an organized opportunity where there's a games room and an art studio and a pool this boys and girls have had a swimming pool wow. they get to swim in every single day um i mean just just some awesome things we fed kids dinner we just just did these amazing things and open until 8.45 at night, Monday through Friday. That's a moment. And then, like, Saturdays to, like, I think it was, like, 9 to 4 or something. Like, it was wild how much we do that. Um, and so that's where my love for kids, I think, came from. Um, and it was a lot of, like, I wish I had better training. 
right? Yeah. <laughs> that worked rather than like just like get thrown into the bathwater. Um, but that's that's how it is sometimes, right? Especially I, they certainly don't do it like that now. There's yeah, onboarding. There's there's all these new things. Uh, I transitioned to a YMCA after that. Uh, in in Missouri, and that was great. It was like learning how to work with license programs. The YMCA in Springfield at that time was in every elementary school. Uh, oh, yeah. And so they would just run a before and after school program. So just, I served as like a, a director, like a program director, so I'd oversee like 10 sites. Uh, then I went into HR for them for childcare, and then I even did a stint as a summer comp director. Yeah. Which was really, really fun. Um, and then, you know, like did some changes like, oh, I need some change. So we moved to, I moved to Brooklyn, right? I lived in Brooklyn yeah. three years. Uh, I've said that, like I was from Brooklyn, like, like I have, <laughs> I really don't, um, I don't even have like much of a twang for Missouri to be quite yeah. honest, but, uh, and then just found out that like, uh, cause my partner, uh, at the time he was uh, going to grad school. So that's why we moved to Brooklyn. Um, we just both, once he graduated, he realized that like living in New York City was not. Yeah. I mean, that we both realized that living in New York City was like stressful and yeah. and not really connected, to be honest. Very, very disconnected in a city of like millions of people feeling completely and utterly disconnected was tough. Yeah. Yeah. And so we moved back to the Midwest. He grew up in Mitchell, so we moved back to Mitchell for a little while. I uh, lived there for six years. Uh, just tended some odds and jobs. Uh, started a nonprofit organization that focused on family dinner and connecting around the dinner table, which was great. And then found my way back to the Boys and Girls Club here in Sioux Falls when we moved to Loved it. Um, done some really fun things in the meantime. Like I used to teach cooking classes at Plum's Cooking Company downtown. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which is like that's just me getting lost in food, right? Like yeah. that's like passion and and helping people connect. I'm not a chef, right? Like I'm a cook. Yeah. So well, I it was just teaching people and getting people more comfortable in the kitchen, right? Uh, and finding ways to connect positively there. But I did the Boys and Girls Club. I was the uh, operations director for many years, uh, overseeing all the programs. And then it is October one. So I don't know when this is going to air, but October 1, 2021 is when I started with the after Oh, wow. It's going to air tomorrow. So it's yeah, going to be so. close to your two years. Exactly. Isn't that wild? That's, That's crazy wild. to think about. <laughs> yeah, like two years. Yeah. And here wow. I am. That's awesome. So one thing I love to talk about is, you know, you talk about your love for after school. Yes. And how it's always been a passion of yours. But as we've talked about off camera, you know, um, when you were working at the Boys and Girls Club in Sioux Falls, it, it felt like too much, you know, like you were on call at the time. You didn't have this work-life balance. Can you talk a little bit about even in doing what you love, um, how you decided to take a step into something different, you know, to take better care of, of yourself and your life outside of work, even with something you are passionate about? Because, you know, we talk a lot of times about leaving a job we don't like, you know, that works too hard, but I feel like it can be much tougher when you feel like you still enjoy your job, but it's, it's still too much. So can you speak a little bit on that? Yeah. Uh, you know, I think I all, I think I advanced well in the boys and girls club career path. So if you're just looking at like, as it, as a job and a career, 
I advanced well because I worked really hard. I worked all the time. I really had no disconnection between work and home. Um, and in fact, like, I mean, I wasn't, I'm not your college student who like joined a fraternity or I'm not your college student who got involved. I literally lived off campus ev- except for my freshman year Yeah, off campus and just was not connected in that way. I went to classes when I needed to go to classes and that was it. And I think the same is for school. Like I carried that in into work too, right? Not just school. I carried it into work. So like work just bled into every single thing that I did. And I think part of that was as a college, like I paid for college myself, right? So like I had to work 30, 40 hours a week. Yeah, just for while I was going to school full time. Yeah. So you know, I didn't have any advantages in that regard. And there's nothing against my parents. Like they just worked hard and that was it right like that's just where we were but i will say and they they were really supportive and like helped me help me in any way opportune they can but i will say when i got back to the boys and girls club i quickly jumped right back into all that heaviness right like working all the time making sure there's calls at 7 a.m making sure like you're just doing every single piece and you leave exhausted because you have a kid who like maybe it's time for to go for the day like maybe it was i could leave at five but then there's a kid have kind of having a meltdown in the corner yeah like, yeah and so you just stay and you you make those connections and you do that work because that's an important piece of what it is right you just keep giving but the answer was i wasn't filling my cup at all and it was a quick down down spiral and and i'm not blaming the boys and girls stuff this was me choosing yeah right like i loved the work and so i couldn't find the connection of like making sure i had a good balance mm-hmm. without guilty of of overworking right without if i did well if i wasn't overworking then was i really working was i yeah. Yeah. making thing? and so i think making a connection of like i'm exhausted i've gained a tremendous amount of weight like I'm unhealthy. I'm not working out. I'm like, what I'm end up doing is not even eating lunch at this point. I'm just like walking by and like someone brought cookies. And so like four cookies, yeah, lunch and like throw a soda down as you're driving to an, a site in between that. So I just, and I wasn't happy, like, right. Like, and that affects like your life that affects your interactions with your spouse or your friends or your kids or whoever it is that's in your life and making sure that that has happens in a positive way. I think when the opportunity came, I was like, I have to, I I'm going to try, I need something different Yeah, because I need, I need a lighter load. Right. And not that taking an executive director job is a lighter load, but yeah. it's different, right? Like uh, I don't have a program that's in certain hours that meets that I need to be on call for. Right, I'm here to help programs however I can, but there's times where I can walk away. So the probably the biggest piece was when I started with the after-school network, I got to listen, right? I took yeah. a tour of the state listening to programs because I wanted to feel connected. I wanted to, to do something outside of my singular lens and making sure I heard what needs to be done, or at least from that perspective in that time. But also, how do I make it healthy for myself, healthy for myself? And then how do I make it healthy for everyone that works with us? 
Uh, so those are some big, big things. One, it was saying to myself, I have the capacity in the afternoon to go work out when no one else is, has that capacity, right? At that 2 o'clock time, no program wants us because they're getting ready for the day, right? The yeah. after program is getting ready from that like one to three time frame. They don't have time for connections. They don't have time for like, like trainings or one us in there. So I had some opportunity with like opportunities to do that. So I wasn't scheduling meetings. So I started working out and I started making a commitment to what that looks like. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, uh, what was it? I, so I started in or one, I had seen a picture of myself and I think that's where everyone has a moment where like, who the hell is that guy? Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't recognize him. I don't know who that is. Uh, and my gosh, like we all had that moment. I had it. It was a picture of me that my friend took in Chicago. That's that's what happened. I saw this picture and I was like, oh my gosh, like I I've had that shirt for years and it's been this big, huge, baggy shirt, and now it's not huge and baggy anymore. What's what's happening with what that looks like? So uh I made a change for myself and then I was just vocal about it with all the team, right? And making sure to say, Hey, I can't have a meeting at one thirty to two thirty today at most every days and I'm going to block out that my schedule because I'm going to the gym. I'm going to the gym and I'm going to make sure that like, that was an okay thing for me. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm coming from a place of privilege to be able to do that. I couldn't do that at the boys and girls club. That wasn't an option because their programs getting ready and they need your help during that time. But for me, I needed to do like, I had the opportunity and I took it. Uh, doing that changed everything, right? Every, collectively everyone started saying hey if he's doing it as a boss then i can give myself i can write myself a permission slip to say i can start taking care of myself and maybe that means seeing a counselor maybe that means going to the gym maybe that just means like i'm gonna go have like an hour of reading time and like self-discovery or whatever that means and so that became the journey of how to be better right how how to make a change for that and that was just one tweak there's lots of different tweaks that we've done over the time yeah i think that's cool talking about you know making those small commitments to your health and to your life you know and taking those steps i'd love to hear more about your gym journey um just because you know most people who go to the gym are like obsessive you know or like this is my therapy or you know like all of these things but i know for you it's just something that you don't necessarily love to do like that you enjoy, but it's not your favorite thing on earth. You know, you're not like, I need this thing. I love it. But you still make the commitment to do it every day for your health. So I would love to hear like a different perspective because I feel like everyone I talk to about the gym is just like, gym, life, I can't go without it. But um, I love to hear your perspective, you know, on still going to the gym and making that commitment, even though it's not necessarily your most favorite thing that you're in love with on earth. Yeah, I, I mean, the honest thing is like, if I didn't, feel like I had to go to the gym, right? Like, you know, you have yeah. to be active, right? We have to be active to, to be flexible, to be healthy. We have to do these things. We know this. If I had an option and I could look like a model without going to the gym, for me, I absolutely 100% would do it, right? Me, for some folks, going to the gym is therapeutic, right? Like it's oh, where sure. I go to lose 
to to disconnect. It's where I go to like Press. do all these things. Yeah, no, that is not me. Like <laughs> I don't. My mood doesn't change at the gym, right? Mm-hmm. It's not at all. I'm if I'm grumpy going to the gym, I'm grumpy coming out of the gym. That's the answer. <laughs> For me, going to the gym is clarity. Like I have music or a podcast or a book, audio book or something like that that I'm focused on. But I'm thinking about the meeting while I'm on the treadmill. I'm thinking about the things that I'm doing because that is like, I don't know, working out seems to be a clarity, right? Like it points me in a direction where I can focus. Whereas like sometimes like, oh, I've got this thing thrown at me and this thing thrown at me and I've got this meeting come up and I'm trying to do 30 things and I'm not focused, right? I'm not focused in for an hour, like trying to do it. I'm multitasking a lot of times and I don't think that's a win for me. But going to the gym is like, just a time to like think and process in like, okay, I need to think about like, how am I going to do this piece, right? Like, how yeah. am I going to approach this situation? How are we going to do this training? And that's where I get it, right? I mean, I don't hate the gym, right? Yeah. In the beginning, it's intimidating, right? Now, when you're fat, like everyone, like it's intimidating to see the yeah. people at the gym every single day, all the time, right? They're totally fine. Um. So then you find a you find like the things that you're comfortable with. You don't have to run on the treadmill. You can walk on the treadmill. And in fact, like I'm at the stage where like I'm walking on the treadmill and running less because of two things. One, my knees hurt because I'm forty, almost forty five years old, and my knees yeah. hurt. And yeah. two, also, I if I elevate it for me personally, I can run a five k no problem. I'm out of breath, but like I can do it. It's easy, no problem. You have me walk up three flights of stairs today, and I like am like having a near asthma attack on the I'm top. I'm telling you, man, stairs are a different. Right. And so, I can like, play basketball for three hours straight, and you put me on two flights of stairs, and I feel like I ran a marathon. Oh my gosh, I'm like so yeah, so uh, I totally right. Like it just doesn't make any sense in in how that works, but it sure does. Like really focus it in and really nail it down. Right. Yeah. Like, and so now I'm spending more time like walking instead of running 20 minutes. I'm walking 10 minutes on elevation and then running. And the running part is the easier part. <laughs> I love uh, I love talking about like, you know, balance and especially with working out, you know, that you hear all the talk about it has to be miserable and suck. Like, no, it doesn't. You can enjoy the things that you do and, and it can feel good and easy for you. So being two years into your job at the at S Dan, what what do you want to see going forward? You know, just for S Dan and for students who are in after school, you know, to continue that growth in the after school space. Gotcha. Um, well, let's talk about like how after school plays a role, right? I want people to understand that after school is a part of the education process. Sometimes it's just viewed as I think in a past life it's viewed as like childcare or just like daycare, right? Like babysitting there's all these terms and and some of them are positive and some of them have like negative connotation to them but i i want to clarify to say after school is a part of the education process like here's here's a fact schools have all of this red tape that they have to go through right we have to have test scores we have to have we have to do all these different things and a teacher who right now in in today's political climate is just getting like punched like sucker punched teachers are just like 
getting beat up for no reason. They're just doing what they can to help all of our kids be successful humans in life. So shout out to all the teachers, like keep doing it, please, please keep doing it. Like we appreciate you. We definitely, definitely appreciate you. Appreciate that one. Yeah. Like after school is the same kind of way, right? Like, yes, it's only probably for a couple, maybe three hours a night, uh, you know, after this, but it's so important. You can take a kid's STEM access. So access to STEM activities during the school and you can double it by just enrolling a child into an after-school program. I'm sorry. Oh, wow. like, yeah. Also, at the industry in South Dakota, so parents were surveyed. I'm just going to throw some throw some facts out because I'm a huge data nerd, but these are fun. Um, the industry of after-school programs. So several parents, like hundreds of parents were interviewed. How important, how successful do you think this is? 99% of programs approve of their after-school program. That's, 99% of programs. There's not an industry where you're getting a 99% yeah, or whatever the answer is, right? Crazy. Like no one's getting that. No, like no one's, no movies getting a good rotten tomato score like that. Yeah. Like no one's winning that argument. It is a pure, honest return on investment. The best you'll ever have uh, into a kid's education. That being said, I'm trying to go back to the question because you did ask me like a real question. Like, yeah. how does this all connect and what can we do for teachers and what can we do for students? And the answer is if, if I can look in the future and say like one youth mental health is huge, right? We, we know that we had issues before we had issues with uh, childcare crisis. Like when we say childcare, we're talking about all education, right? Uh, we knew that there was a staffing crisis before we got into a pandemic and now we're in a staffing crisis still coming out of the pandemic only now like the funds that were like helping level set things are starting to dwindle and it's a concern right of what that means so there's been a lot of great things come out of it but we need to make sure that staff are healthy and it and that they are helping we got to work on what are boundaries right what are these things um because and the best thing to do is start that with kids, right? Teaching kids like healthy boundaries. Don't let them fall into the idea that you need to work 80 hours a week for a job, right? You have to have a healthy life because that is not a healthy you. And if you're, you will dwindle as you start to work all these heavy hours, all these heavy things, and it starts to weigh on you, then you start oh, giving less, right? Yeah. And your work is going to be like, well, you're replaceable, right? We need someone who's producing. So you got to get out and like, let's move on to the next person. We don't need to, we need to find better ways to utilize people and not use people, right? Utilize, not use, because I think sometimes that's what ends up happening because we're so short staff. We got to throw bodies in there. Well, they need training, right? We got to provide all these different things. So building resilient youth are really important. Building resilient youth doesn't mean rainbows and butterflies. Building resilient youth means kids go into an after-school program so they can learn how to lose a game of pool yeah. and not throw pool balls or chuck pool sticks across the room, right? Like that is a part of the process that we kind of forget because we as a society have seen this turn of making things, confusing making things better by just making things easier. Technology is great. We love, I am a tech a tech nerd, right? Like yeah, yeah. Huge, 
the, as soon as the iPhone comes out, I'm like, mm, do I have an upgrade? Like, what can I do? Right. I love all those things, but it's really, really important to make sure that there's a balance of what of making. The answer is making things easier is not making things better. Ever. I think that's amazing to talk about. I got two more questions for you. I got one more question for ask my last one. One, um, you are honestly one of the best leaders uh, I've ever met, you know, just in the way that you care and, and push people to be their best. Being, you know, a leader as an executive director and being in these different leadership roles, what do you feel like is the most important quality as a leader that you try to portray just to your kids, to the people you work with, to the people you're above? Yeah, uh, 100% it's empathy, right? And it's like making sure that you're feeling with someone. I may not understand what someone's facing or dealing with or going through. And that could be a kid, that could be a staff, that could be a parent. That could be a principal, like whoever it is that you're working through. I may not understand that, but honestly, it's always a communication breakdown. If we can just listen and like sincerely listen, not wait for our turn to talk, just listen, we will understand and ask to understand, right? Ask the questions to understand, how can I be better, right? How can I un help me understand what you're facing? Because I promise you either uh, I will... I will help in this situation the best I can with anything that I have, or I will find someone to help you in that situation too. So I think that's the best quality is just making sure we have empathy to listen. I think that's so important. I think vulnerability and empathy is the number one way to build trust with people, you know, and once you have trust, I truly believe just being in different spaces, you know, working at Target, as you know, I used to do, I, I only worked really hard for the leaders that feel like they cared about me and listened, you know, and when people are just like, Jake, do this, I was like, oh, I'm going to do it. Not very hard because, <laughs> because I don't, I, like, I don't, you don't, all you care about is like my output and not me as a person. But I feel like when people care about, like I had bosses also that I really liked. And, um, when I did, if they asked me to stay late or do these extra things, like I would do them, you know, cause yeah. I appreciated them. Cause you guess I wasn't doing it for the pay, believe it or not <laughs> at that time, you know, so, um, so it was super, you know, I think that's super important and powerful to, you know, use empathy and, and it builds trust and friendships and connection. And I think that stuff's life, lifelong and not just while you work with someone. So um, before I ask my last question, I want to let you all know, I'll put it in the description, but make sure to check out the South Dakota After School Network and all they're doing. And if you're in other states, as he talked about the importance of after school, make sure you check out what your state's doing in after school. And if you're able to support and be a part of that, um, please do, because we we now are understanding the importance of after school in all our states. But my last question for you is, you know, I ask everyone this is what keeps you going? You know, what's the one thing or just one thing? There's a lot of things, but what's one thing that comes to mind when you say, you know, like when I get up in the morning, this is the reason I want to keep doing what I do. Um, I think it's, I think it's honestly impact, right? Like I, let's just own the fact that I'm one of those people, I think, and a lot of us have this sense of need to be needed. Right. And we've talked about balance and making sure like that my need to be needed didn't like overshadow myself or my, like filling my cup. And so making sure that I have a good balance of need to be needed, because I think it's, it's what drives empathy. It's what drives compassion. It's what drives me to help other people. So 
when I say that, I mean, like impact is the answer. If you're successful, if I'm investing in you and, and I can help you in some way and that makes you more successful, I love standing in the audience while someone gets an award, right? Like I love being uh, behind the scenes to be like, hey, let's create a plan for you. And then in a year, you're you're speaking at an engagement or you're, uh, you know, you're you're getting promotions because or you're taking a new role because and doing these things for other people. Right. I, that sounds very cliche, but I do think I drives back to the need to be needed. And I'm just owning that as a superpower with having boundaries. Yeah, I think that's awesome. You know, I think a lot of us lie and say we don't want to be needed or don't need anyone. And I think that's not true at all. And I think the needing to be needed and wanting to be needed is so powerful. And the way that you've turned it into using it for, you know, impact and to help people in the right way is is so dope. So I thank you so much for spending some time with me this morning. This one will be airing tomorrow. Um I hope so. We'll see when I do my editing. <laughs> if, if it's going to be a harder thing than some of them, I'm like, some of it takes me about five seconds and I'm good. And some of them takes me about four hours, depending on <laughs> all of the things. Um, Cause I'm such a not tech nerd, but um, yeah, thank you so much for coming on today. Like I said, check out the after school network and all they're doing if you're in South Dakota. And, um, but as always, you know, Please reach out, get the help you need, uh, whether it's friends, family, you know, therapy if you can, you know, but whatever it is, uh, whether it's groups, different things, you know, we all get the help in different ways. It doesn't necessarily have to be therapy, you know, it can join a different group. You can be a part of something, something fun, you know, but please reach out, get the help you need. And as always, have a good week. Thank you. I will give it all to you.